This is a Socialist News and Views special report. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special report. According to Wikipedia, on April 1st, 2022, Amazon workers in Staten Island, JFK 8, became, quote, the first unionized Amazon workers recognized by the National Labor Relations Board, end quote. It says the Amazon Labor Union, which supported this struggle, was formed on April 20th, 2021. At the end of our show, we will hear Amazon Labor Union President Chris Smalls deliver opening statements before the Senate Banking Committee. But first, it seems important to also highlight another group doing some very impressive grassroots labor organizing across the country, that being Starbucks Workers United. Again, according to Wikipedia, quote, between 1992 and 2021, the only unionized Starbucks employees were those who worked for other companies with unionized labor and a licensing agreement, such as those who operated kiosks in unionized supermarkets, end quote. But that changed with a Starbucks store in Buffalo, New York in late 2021. Wikipedia says the Elmwood Avenue store unionized, quote, making it the only unionized shop among the chain's 9,000 company-owned stores in the United States, end quote. As an aside, it is very important to note this comes on the heels of lots of work by the industrial workers of the world to organize Starbucks stores across the country. That campaign by the IWW started in 2004, according to Wikipedia, and did have an area of focus in New York, as well as Chicago, Illinois. And now, here in the Twin Cities on April 28th, we also saw the results that in a vote of 14 to 1, Starbucks workers at the Snelling Avenue store in St. Paul became the first corporate-owned unionized store in the state. That is according to CARE 11. Here's a clip of their interview with one of the workers about that win. Incredibly, incredibly excited um, for all the things that are to come. Lola Rubens and her Starbucks co-workers may have been the first to unionize in the state of Minnesota, but their goal now is making sure they're not the last, listing job security and guaranteed hours as priority one. Because without that security and guarantee, none of the other things that we bargain for will really matter. If Starbucks can just fire the people who are pro-union and take away our livelihood. Labor experts say that's a good place to start because even though Starbucks is now required by law to negotiate in good faith with those store employees, last week the National Labor Relations Board sued Starbucks for allegedly retaliating against three employees who led unionization efforts. I don't see them coming to the table easily. Aaron Sojourner is a labor economist with the University of Minnesota's Carlson School of Management and says he's interested to see how far and fast the movement continues to spread. More than 24 stores nationwide have already formally unionized and another 200 have votes scheduled. But keep in mind, Starbucks owns more than 9,000 stores in the U.S. The company can kind of ignore them and drag out negotiations and you know, not really come to terms. So what they need to do is keep organizing if they want to be successful and they want to really make a big impact on the way jobs are structured at Starbucks. When one outlet unionizes, they're still up against a large corporation that has almost 400,000 employees. It's huge. So yeah, I think everybody's interested on the labor side of building the greatest 
critical mass that they can. But Mitchell Hamlin law professor David Larson says that doesn't necessarily mean a huge percentage of stores need to unionize before the company changes course. Once they get a toehold, then then a certain amount of fear sets in that if we don't do things voluntarily and more graciously, this is going to be like a wildfire. More stores are coming out and filing every single day. I think we're already seeing Starbucks starting to fold under the pressure. We're seeing that they're not able to concentrate their anti-union efforts as effectively in stores anymore just because there are so many and they're coming forward in droves and it's really testing their resources. But if their efforts do end up taking years, not months, Lola says she still won't be backing down. There are things that I want for myself. There are things that I want for my current coworkers in our workplace. But it's not just about me. It's about all of the people who will come after me, who will have the benefits that I am currently fighting for. But organizing is not limited to just a couple of cities in the U.S., but it is instead spreading across the country more rapidly than other unionizing drives in recent memory. And now we go to another interview with Starbucks workers. I pulled this interview from YouTube. It was recorded on April 16th during day two of a strike at the Starbucks at 5th and Pike in Seattle, Washington. In the interview, Sarah Pappen and Katie McCoy, two Starbucks workers, share their experience and views. Stefan Kimmerly of the Reform and Revolution Caucus of DSA conducts the interview. Here's that interview. What's going on here? Yeah, so our store is on strike. We're striking for our unfair labor practices that we've been subjected to while we wait for our election vote. Today, we shut it down yesterday by surprising them. We told them at 4.25 a.m. that we wouldn't be showing up at 4.30 a.m. to stock the store. So we shut it down yesterday. Today, they've brought in managers from all over the city. Our district managers, our regional director even is in here, store managers, to keep the store open while the workers are on strike. These are all salary managers. There's no hourly workers working in here right now. So everything the company makes off the store today is total profit. They just want to keep this store going and they're so desperate to ignore the dozens and dozens of voices right outside that are telling them Starbucks no more. And that's what we're saying going on strike. We're saying no more unfair labor practices. Stop cutting our hours. Staff our stores appropriately. Stop writing people up for things they've never even been coached on. And just let us be a union, Starbucks. It's all we want. It's all we want. The store is in unanimous support for a union, and we're tired of waiting for an election. We're tired of waiting to vote. Just recognize the union, Starbucks. How long have you been waiting? When did you file for election? We filed for election on January 25th. Um, we had to go through our hearing because Starbucks was still stipulating. Uh, this was before Starbucks was stipulating. So Starbucks was forcing every store that filed to go through a hearing to determine if a store was a valid bargaining unit. They argued that a district, it has to be a district. Um, this has been argued under uh, to the NLRB like dozens of times at this point across the country. The NLRB has pretty much always said like, no, a single store is a valid unit. It's particularly insulting for us in this store because half of our district is in Bremerton, a two hour ferry ride away. I didn't even know we had stores in Bremerton until we started our hearing. So it's obvious that this, the district's not a valid bargaining unit. It's obvious that this question of like, is the district a valid bargaining unit, even when it's in a better condition, like a, a more strong argument, 
they still are saying no, so just let us vote already. It's been 42 days since our hearing with the NLRB ended, and we have no idea when our election's going to be. We hear a lot about union-busting tactics of Starbucks. Yeah. Did you experience this here? Yeah, we've been experiencing really severe tactics, so they've cut our hours severely. Um, a lot of people have lost hours. I am an eight-year supervisor. I've pretty much always gotten like right around 38 hours a week. I've been getting scheduled for 26 hours a week. That's a 32% reduction in my income. We live paycheck to paycheck. We can't weather that kind of a thing. When we told them we couldn't weather it, they said, oh, you can pick up hours at other stores. Well, every other store is also cutting their hours, so nobody has any shifts for us. When we told them that, they said, well, get a second job. And we said, hey, well, are you going to use that as justification to cut our hours even further? And then we'll lose our benefits that are based on hours, uh, like healthcare, like our school. Um, and they said, mm, I don't know. Um, then they said, well, why don't you just go get a second job if you're so miserable here? And when we told them, no, we're not leaving, we're staying, we're fighting for this union in this store. Now that's why they're trying to write us up for things we've never even been coached on. They've realized that they can't force us out of the store, so they're, and they know they can't fire us for unionizing. So they're trying to fire us for anything that they can make up. But the Starbucks workers, it looks like they triggered a wave. You triggered a wave. There are Verizon workers unionizing, yeah. Yeah. Amazon in Staten Island. Is this the beginning of a new labor movement? We really certainly hope so. And that is a big thing that motivates us and keeps us going. You know, we've been told by other union organizers that until Starbucks started, like, youth organizing, that the food service industry has just been considered ununionizable because high turnover, the workers are so burnt out, they don't have the energy to fight for these things. We really want to show workers, not just with other Starbucks, but everywhere else in the food service industry, every other retail job in the country, that you can organize your store, and you should. You should fight for yourself and for the people who come after you. What's step number one if someone wants to follow your lead? If you're at a Starbucks, easiest step one, get in touch with Starbucks Workers United. They will hook you up. They will get you the info that you need. If you are at a retail store or a non-Starbucks store, just Google what your local unions are. Uh, union organizers are amazingly passionate people in my experience. And I promise if you reach out to one of them, even if they're not the person you should be talking to, they'll know who it is, who is and they will help you get in contact. And what is your proposal for customers, for the communities? How can we support you? Coming out to events like these when you hear them is a great way when you hear about a strike to show up. Even just like your presence on the street is amazing and so valuable for us. Um, and when you hear about, we have a relief fund to support our workers who are experiencing these hour cuts. Um, also so that we can go on strike without having to choose between going on strike and paying rent. Donating to those funds is amazing. Um, just talk about unions openly and freely. Retweet, reblog, anything you hear. Just get the word out. Talk to people. Thank you so much. So, Katie, hi. Hi. Here's a strike going on from Starbucks today, but you're, this is not your Starbucks. No, I'm actually from Lakewood Crossing out in Marysville. Um, we just finished our three-day strike. A four-day strike? Yes, four, well, technically, yeah, four days. Fantastic. How did you do that? Um, so we basically organized pretty much overnight. Um, that night, like we walked out of the store, we went to my house and we started drawing, drawing up signs, making flyers, um, creating a list of demands and just communicating with partners, seeing what they wanted to see out of Starbucks. Um, and then we, or we planned a strike for eight or 10 AM the next day. And we had a pretty big turnout for it being planned basically overnight. What are your demands? Um, so 
some things from our list of demands is uh, basically like 10 hours scheduled between shifts, uh, strict following of up-to-date labor laws. Like we have seen partners missing breaks, um, missing basically like I would open and then I would close the next day or vice versa. I would close and then open the next day. And it's, it's really harsh on partners and just their mental health and their physical well-being to work those kinds of hours. Um, another thing is more accessibility within stores. We have partners who are disabled and Starbucks claims to be a very progressive and, um, a safe place for disabled partners and it really hasn't been um, we have a partner that has asked for VRI services to be able to communicate with customers and he's been with the company for almost six months and has not seen those services um, so we're asking we're calling on Starbucks to actually be more progressive we're also calling for a $20 an hour um, wage we believe that Starbucks um, has the funds. We've definitely seen that they have the funds. They gave uh, Kevin Johnson a 39% raise and a 24% revenue increase, yet I've been with the company for over a year and have not seen a, a, a pay increase. Um, what was the outcome of your four-day strike? So we, uh, we, on the fourth day, we shut down our store and collected 70% of our union cards, um, and we filed for a union election. Oh, congratulations. So you're at the beginning of all of that. Pretty much, yeah. Right. We, we kind of started backwards, I've noticed. We started with the strike, the Big Bang, and then we filed for our union election. But I feel like that that is how you create that credible strike threat. That's how you show corporate you're not playing around and you're not willing to play their games anymore. So, yeah. Have you experienced already some retaliation, some union busting? Um, We have noted so we were without a manager for about we were told it could be up to six months uh before we got a new manager the day after we got back from our strike we all of a sudden had a new store manager um and she's been scheduling one-on-ones with her partners we've also been noticing hours slowly starting to drop um with partners that were openly out at the strike and supporting um And it, it's definitely, I, I can tell it's going to get worse from here, but we're ready. We're super ready at our store. We've been reading articles and we've just been preparing each other for what's about to come because they're going to do as much as they can to disrupt the union in our store. We're just not going to let that happen. Starbucks workers in Buffalo fight for union. Now we have the state and island, Amazon. We yes. see Verizon workers. And Is Ever in Linwood today or yesterday won their election. Super exciting. Is this the beginning of a new labor movement? I hope so. I think that labor movements are the future. They they've been the past and they are the future now. Like workers are ready to organize and stand in solidarity with each other and show that corporations that we are the ones who make the profits. We're the one who's running the companies, not them. They are the they're the faces, but we are the ones truly making the profits. If all your dreams were to come true, what would happen tomorrow? We would be a unionized store making $20 an hour. <laughs> thank you so much yes, and good thank luck. thank you. Bernie Sanders has continued to speak out strongly in support of Amazon and Starbucks workers. Many on the left feel he hasn't gone far enough in his actions, but someone else who many see as a clear catalyst of the current organizing surge is the current president of the Amazon labor union, Chris Smalls. Here's audio from C-SPAN of ALU President Chris Smalls addressing directly both Senator Bernie Sanders and Senator Lindsey Graham during his opening statements to the Senate Banking Committee on May 5th, 2022. Thank you for having me. 
Um, well, first of all, I want to address Mr. Graham. Um, first off, you know, you're, it sounded like you was talking about more of the companies and the businesses in your speech, but you forgot that the people are the ones who make this, these companies operate. And if we're not protected, and if the process for when we hold these companies accountable is not working for us, then that's not what, that's the reason why we're here today. That's the reason why I'm here to represent the workers who make these companies go. And I think that it's in your best interest to realize that it's not a, a left or right thing. It's not a Democrat or a Republican thing. It's a workers thing. It's a workers issue. And we're the ones that are suffering in the corporations that you're talking about, in the businesses that you're talking about, in the warehouses that you're talking about. So that's the reason why I think I was invited today to speak on that behalf. And you should listen because we do represent your constituents as well. Um, so just take that into consideration that the people are the ones that make these corporations go. It's not the, it's not the other way around. So um, as the current interim president of the Amazon Labor Union, who represent 8,300 workers in Staten Island, an independent worker-led union that won their election on April 1st, um, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, we organized for over a year. And throughout the course of that year, Amazon spent millions of dollars, as you mentioned, Senator Standards. Um, myself, including a few other organizers, was arrested outside for organizing, arrested for delivering food to their coworkers. I um, wanted to reiterate that as well. You know, the type of things that Amazon do um, breaking the law, intimidation. These are real things that traumatize workers in this country. You know, thousands of workers across this country who are in the process of organizing, who have the desire to organize in the United States. Um, we want to feel that we have protections. <clears throat> we want to feel that the government is allowing us to use our constitutional rights to organize. Um, The notion that people in the United, united in this democracy will outmatch, outmatch tyranny is the oldest American ideal. There's clearly defined legal process to do this. And workers like us have the rights protected by the First Amendment and the National Labor Relations Act. However, despite all of this, our victory in Staten Island was lauded as newsworthy and inspirational for the thousands of workers across the country, hundreds of thousands of workers. And even though we may have won, we did everything right, pressuring Amazon to recognize our victory and comply with our legal obligation to meet us at the bargaining table. But Amazon is refusing to do so. As you mentioned, they're gonna stall. Um, they, they filed 25 objections and they got the NLRB to move the hearing to a whole nother location. To me, it just sounds like the corporations have the control and they control whatever they want. They break the law, they get away with it. They know that already, that breaking the law 
during these election campaigns won't be resolved during the election campaigns. So they purposely continue to break the law. For example, we filed over 40 ULPs in 11 months. Most of them are, quite a few of them got merit um, for further action. Uh, some of them even got injunctions. For example, Gerald Bryson was fired two years ago. Finally, two years later, over two years later, there's a 10J in motion for his reinstatement. Another prime example, Daquan Smith was fired by the company for organizing. He's still out of a job. He's living in a shelter right now. Uh, we raise money through GoFundMe. These are just a few examples, including myself, who's been out of a job for the last two years. Um, I want to just end off by saying this. We need to pass the PRO Act so that workers are protected and workers are encouraged to organize. Uh, and if that don't work, you know, I'm going to let you know right now that on behalf of the Amazon Labor Union and the hundreds of thousands of workers across this country that we will continue to organize. And once again, I want to remind you that this is not a left or right thing. This is a working class issue. And the workers at the bottom are the ones who make these corporations go. Thank you. Mr. Smalls, thank you very much. And that is our special report. I encourage everyone listening to support this ongoing independent worker-led organizing however they can. Call and write elected officials, strongly calling on them to back these organizing campaigns, donate time and money to the groups doing the organizing, and please show up for pickets and strikes in your community. We will have our regular May episode out next week, so please subscribe here on SoundCloud, and if you haven't, go back and check out any specials or episodes you've missed. Solidarity. This has been a Socialist News and Views special report.